वंदे श्री कृष्ण चैतन्य नित्यानंद सुबोधित गौरदे पुष्पवंत चित्रोसंदोतमुनुदुलंबतोबुजोकनकाबदो संकर्तनायक पितरो कमलायतक्ष विश्वंबरो द्विजबरो युगधर्म पालो वंदे जगत प्रिय करो करुणावतारो श्री गौरी वैष्णव गुरु परंपरा की जय हरिराम प्रभु की जय श्री गौर पुनि महामुद्रुति की ओ प्रेमानंदी हरि हरि वो So the song we're singing in the morning for the Mangal Artik is entitled Gor Mangal Mahima. So this is a song describing the auspicious glories of Goranga Mahaprabhu. Gor Mangala, Mangala means auspicious and Mahima means glories. And of course the title also ties into the time of its singing which is during the Brahma Muhurta at which time all of the bhaktas all the sadakas they rise and participate in the auspicious mangal aarti offering of lamps to the lord so rising early that is uh, very much part of the spiritual practice and there are so many reasons for that in relation to practical everyday considerations for health it's good to rise early and as it said in uh, common english parlance well i don't want to say that one uh, but uh, who gets up early <laughs> has an advantage and so it is also from a spiritual perspective while most people are are sleeping those who rise early have the uh, quietude resulting from the ignorance of others to uh, take advantage of and absorb their minds peacefully without the distractions of the day in things that are most important spiritual pursuits and for our own selves of course as well before the sun comes up then it appears that there's less we can do so if we're up at that time then we tend to resort more to contemplative activities hearing and chanting but as the sun comes up and uh, we're compelled to think about what on the surface might appear to be more important things and get busy with them hopefully of course we will get busy with the lord's service but sometimes we get distracted so early morning for so many reasons it's good to rise early in the morning and internally speaking relative to the lord's leela chaitanya mahaprabhu and Radha Gobinda, they are also rising early in the morning, at about three thirty in the morning. The beginning of the eightfold lila of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu and corresponding lila of Radha Gobinda begins. So, throughout Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's daily lila, these descriptions of the daily lila of the Lord of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu or of Radha Gobinda. these are kind of an outline a day in the life of the absolute something like that and great devotees have been kind enough to share this the framework or outline 
for a day in the life of Krishna and the corresponding day in the life of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu in the Nitya Lila, unmanifest Lila in Golok. And there are some differences between the Lila in Golok and the Lila as it's manifest here. But these differences, they're not a difference in terms of substance, essence. So the bhava, which is what the Lila is really all about, the sentiments of the Lord and His devotees, that fuels that, that is the same. But some details are different. And understandably, because here, the Lord's Leela is being played out in human society. So it tends to be sweeter, in one sense, because the Lord, Sri Krishna, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, they're human-like. And so when the drama of their Leela is played out within human society, then it's like producing a movie on location. It has some special added features. And conversely, the, the Devalila, as it's sometimes called, of the Aprakat, unmanifest pastimes of the Lord, they have a little bit more of a godly character to them. And while the sadhakas aspire to enter into that Nityalila, which signifies their perfection. We call it Vastu Siddhi. At a certain point, the devotees will attain a stage called Swarup Siddhi, when they, in their sadhaka dehe, they realize their nature, their Swarup. And from that position, they will, upon leaving this body, take birth in Krishna Lila somewhere in human society, wherever it's being performed, somewhere in the material world. From there they will get the association of the Lord's eternal associates, his parshadas, all of his extensions of his swarup shakti in the form of his mother and his father and his dear friends, Subal, Sridham, Stoka Krishna, Radha, and Gopis, Lalita, Vishaka, and so forth. They'll come with him. This is a very important point because if we are to serve the Lord in that leela, we will be involved in serving all of those associates and through them having an opportunity sometimes to directly serve the Lord. So the point is that Krishna is not alone. Krishna means, as we've many times said, there's no difference between Krishna and the hearts of such devotees. The love in their heart causes that corresponding face of the Absolute to manifest, the heart of the Absolute. So, we shouldn't think that we'll push our way into Golok and, and serve Krishna. I recently read something that someone said about the Guru that someone had sent me, and the person had questioned the idea of only by serving the Guru you could serve Krishna, only by the Guru's mercy. And the person was saying this. It was kind of like challenge authority type spirit. That this doesn't sound right. Whoever wrote it said, it kind of sounds like the guru getting in the way. Aren't we supposed to have a relationship with Krishna? This sounds like maybe this is, I know it's in the books, but maybe it's a distortion that's come down over the ages or something like that. The philosophy is that we have a direct relationship with Krishna, isn't it? So the, actually the philosophy is not that we have a direct relationship with Krishna, but through the medium 
of the devotees who embody a particular bhava, we have a relationship with Krishna. In Gopi Bhavas, Manjari, for example, then we come under the care of Rupa Manjari and other such attendants of Radha, and we serve them. And through that medium, we experience everything that they experience, in fact, everything that Radha experiences, or the friends of Krishna, like Subal Saka. He has thousands and thousands of attendants himself. And when he comes in the morning to wake up Krishna, second waking, not the early morning waking, but after he's already come home from the forest, encounters with Radha and the gopis, again waking about six o'clock, then Subal and others will come, and so many friends, associates there also involved. And when Subal then goes home for his own bath, and so they all go and attend him and serve, helping him take his bath, bringing clothes, and so on and so forth. So this is uh, Vaishnav Das Anudas, we say this, servant of the servant of the servant of the Lord. It's not only in these circumstances, in the realm of sadhana, but in the realm of sadhya, of perfection as well. The very thrust of our philosophy is that this is more advantageous. The whole leela of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is exciting to everyone, not only to all the devotees, the Vibhinamsa, but the Swangsa as well, Advaita, Nityananda, so many, they all see a great advantage. Dwaita in particular sees a great advantage in Gorlila because he gets the chance to be a servant, although he's Mahavishnu. So the serving position is most desirable. Chaitanya Mahaprabhu himself is Krishna, aspiring after that position of relishing from the vantage point of the servant, of the devotee. So, the true experience of Gaudiya Vaishnavism, in a sense, is indirect. And again, Krishna himself is after that. The limit of Krishna's taste, capacity to relish love, was inhibited by the Vrindavan Leela. This is inconceivable. Seeing the measure of the gopi's love in separation from him when he left the Ras Leela, just to witness how the separation caused their hearts to grow fonder. He was astounded by that. And being a connoisseur of love, he wanted to be in a position to taste that love. But that Leela did not facilitate that. Therefore, Gaur Leela. So something more there, and that is the Lord desiring, aspiring to take the position of the servitor. This should be clearly understood. And therefore, as I say, Krishna is not alone. When once a well-known singer of Hindi bhajans and devotee of sorts, lady who composed many songs about Krishna, was her position, she was a contemporary of the Goswamis, but she never became a Gaudiya Vaishnav. When Sridhar Maharaj was speaking about her in relation to Gaudiya Vaishnavism, he made the comment that in all of her songs, we hear only discussion, mention of her and Krishna. There's no mention of all those who are dear to Krishna. And this is real worship of Krishna. Worshipping that which is tadiya, which is dear to the Lord, that really endears one. So, if a soul from this world is trying to go there, 
and is actually coming in that vicinity, then he'll become conscious and aware of all those that are dear to the Lord and surround the Lord, all that are his his paraphernalia, entourage, and and so forth. So, the Lord's um, not alone. And through the grace of that Swarup Shakti, we have opportunity to enter into that Leela. So while we, sadhakas, want to enter there, into the Nitya Leela, the Aprakat, unmanifest Leela, because it constitutes the Vastu Siddhi. From Swarup Siddhi, when we leave the world in that position, we'll take birth where Krishna's Leela is being performed in this world. And all those Parshadas, eternal associates of the Lord, they're not Jiva Shakti, like ourselves. They're constituted of Swarup Shakti. They come with the Lord and we get to associate with them. And then by that association we attain what's called Vastu Siddhi, which is the ultimate perfection. And when the Lord's Leela becomes unmanifest, we enter there also as well. So while we aspire to go there, they aspire to come here and participate in the kind of road show of the Lord. And it's being played out in human society, which makes it even more relishable. And, of course, we can understand that also from our vantage point as sadhakas, in as much as it makes the whole thing known and available to us, that such a possibility exists. So, between the two leelas, then, there's some difference. And we know about the manifest leela because it's been written about and it's uh, it's a kind of a spiritual, historical event. But the unmanifest leela, the details of such are revealed by great devotees in their meditation and so forth. So we have wonderful literatures in that regard. The Govinda Lilamrita of Krishnadas Kaviraj Goswami and Krishna Bhavanamrita, Vishwanath Chakravarti Thakur, describing Radha Krishna's Eightfold Leela and their others. And Vishwanath Chakravarti Thakur, it can be said, was the first to explain or write about the Eightfold Daily Leela of Mahaprabhu. As we know, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is Krishna himself. And so his Leela has some direct correspondence with Krishna Leela. It, in substance, is one and the same. But there's the addition of the magnanimity to that, which turns Madhurya to Aldarja. And so, as when Mahaprabhu comes, Krishna comes in that form, then so many of Krishna's associates, they'll also come and take a role in Gaur-lila. And so generally, when the any Leela-kirtan takes place, or Leela discussion about Radha and Krishna-lila, there will be some introductory notes or mention of the corresponding Leela in Gaur-lila. We should know, really, that to enter into Krishna-lila, we merely have to focus ourselves on Gaur-lila. Because within Gaur-lila, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is going to Krishna-lila. So if we follow carefully in his footsteps, as he goes, then we can go. One finds oneself automatically in the Braj-lila, in his one's normal serving and loving position there, by focusing on Gaur-lila in Dasya-bhakti. By becoming a servant of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu and following his lila in that spirit, one will find one's corresponding position as a friend or lover, of this may be the case, in Krishna lila. And as Mahaprabhu goes there in his samadhi, in his trance, then we'll go. So, 
This is the really the beauty of Gaur Lila. The four great charges have commented, where would we be without this? This makes the whole thing possible to enter into Krishna Lila. Krishna came, revealed his Lila, gave philosophy in Bhagavad Gita, but Mahaprabhu is showing how to actually go there. So it said the example speaks louder than precept. So this is another excellence, then we can say, of the Gaur Lila. It shows by example how one can apply the precept, for example, of surrender found in Bhagavad Gita. Krishna says in Bhagavad Gita, he concludes it, Come to me, Mami come, Sharanam Braja, come to me, surrender everything. So how will we do that? Mahaprabhu is showing. So Vishwana Chakrabarti Thakur, as I mentioned, has given this uh, eightfold description of the Gaurlila. Now there is another description, there are others, but another principal one is given and it's attributed to Rupa Goswami, but it's really doubtful that Rupa Goswami wrote that because uh, Vishwanath Chakravarti Thakur is a very close follower of Rupa Goswami and the difference in his astakam or his verses describing the eightfold leela of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, it's unlikely that he would have written in that way if a description of those pastimes had come before through the pen of Rupa Goswami. Now, that that goes around in the name of Rupa Goswami. It's not necessarily a wrong thing, but some details are different. And, for that matter, as I mentioned, these types of prayers and books and so forth, like Govindat Lilamrita and so forth, they are more or less an outline of a typical day. But devotees entering into those days of the Lord find so many differences and unique experiences of their own. Just like we could say, a typical day of the Maharaj is such and such. But there may be so many extenuating circumstances that change and so many details and so forth. Therefore, when we hear different descriptions, we shouldn't be confused, but we should understand. The Lord shows different things to different devotees. So, in this particular song that we sing in the morning for the Mongol Arctic, we have a weaving between the life of the sadhaka and the eternal Nitilila of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. So we find that the sadhakas are gathering. Dinamani naudite mile bhaktagan. So dinamani means jewel of the day. So the jewel of the day is the sun that rises and brings light. Dinamani naudite. And dinamani also means certainly Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is the jewel of the day of our life. So before the rising of the sun, what it's saying literally here, naudite, naudite means before, so before the rising of the jewel of the day, mile bhaktagan, all the bhaktas, they gather together. And what do they do? Goranga lila mohima kodite kirtan. They make kirtan, singing the glories of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. And Eto Premananda Vishwa Nadekhiloar. Such prem, such love, and such joy has never been seen in the universe before. So, this is how our spirit should be for gathering for Mangalartik. Such an opportunity to rise early before the sun and gather with all the, the bhaktas and sing the glories of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. If we understand the, the significance of this, 
opportunity, then it should be such that if common people come, they think, what is this? What kind of kirtan is this? What kind of love? What kind of joy? The world has never seen such before. This was the experience of Prataparudra Maharaj, the king of Jagannath Puri, when the first time he saw the bhaktas of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu coming from Puri, he had met Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, but when the time of the Rathayatra came and word had been sent back to Navadweep that Mahaprabhu was returned from South India, so all the devotees came, all the principal devotees, of course, except for Sachiman and Vishnu uh, Priya Devi, but all of them came. And when they arrived in Puri, up on the rooftops, Prataparudramaraj was standing with Gopinatha Acharya and Sarvabhoma Vasudev, Sarvabhoma Bhatta Acharya. And Prataparudramaraj was asking, who's that one, who's that one? And, and uh, Gopinatha, who knew them all, was explaining, this is Advaita, he is such and such. That is Nityananda Prabhu, that is Sarup Damodar. And Gubinda Das, they reside here as his secretary in attendance. And this is such and such and so and so. And Pratapurjamaraj commented, such prem, such kirtan. And he's a man, of course, in Puri, where there was kirtan, was, he heard so many kirtans, he saw so many pilgrims, saw so much worship of Jagannath. This kind of love, this kind of prem, he had never seen, experienced such a thing before. So this should be the the spirit of the kirtan, of the devotees of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu gathering together to sing his glories, that other people will come and be astonished by that. As Bhaktivinoda Thakur says in his song about the evening Arctic, Jaga Jana Mana Lobha. Oh, the whole world is stunned to see this Arctic of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu on the bank. He has depicted it on the bank of the Ganga. Such a thing is extraordinary to the extreme. So, just in an ordinary way, to see people up early in the morning, 4.35 in the morning, dancing around <laughs> and playing on instruments and jumping up and down and so forth, and would seem uh, out of the ordinary and cause the concern amongst the neighbors. So, what to speak if it's done with the real understanding. And songs like this are meant to help us get some understanding. Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's Nishantalila means at the end of the night, which is the beginning of the day, begins at 3.30, about 3.30, as I said, in the morning. So the devotees should be up and prepared. Of course, our, our teak is at a later hour, but again, this is the general framework, songs like this. So this one has been crafted in, to help us in terms of attending Mongol Arctic and, and so forth. For a long time I wanted to have a song for the Mongol Arctic of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu and I never could find one in all of the writings of the Vaishnavas. So we've uh, made one of our own. So Jai Gaur Chandra Lilao Darja Apar. This song follows a, it's a kind of a mix in a way between the, the Bengali uh, standard of such songs and the Sanskrit astakams and so forth where you find the last line corresponds throughout. So Jai Gaur Chandra Lilao Darja Apar. After each of the verses, this line comes describing, oh, just singing, oh, praise, oh, glories to the Lila of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, which is generous to the extreme. Aodarja means magnanimous. 
generous, and apara means unlimited, and so which is a very, very generous and merciful, overflowing. It means Krishna Lila overflowing onto us. So Dvijamani Bhakhe Tava Jhalamala Sutra Paduka Parai Dware Aratapatra. So of course we worship Chaitanya Mahaprabhu along with Nityananda Prabhu here, Gauranityananda. Prabhupada told me to worship the deities of Gauranityananda. So with Chaitanya Mahaprabhu in some form, Nityananda Prabhu is always present. He is the best servitor of Mahaprabhu as Ram is the best servitor of Krishna, Balaram. So in so many ways, Nityananda Ram expands himself to facilitate the Lord. So some typical ways have been mentioned here. So covertly, while speaking about the thread of Mahaprabhu, the Brahman thread, his shoes, his umbrella, and so forth, and describing them as they are situated at the time of his waking in the morning, his thread across his chest, Dvijomani, means the jewel of the twice-born. Twice-born means Dvija. Dvija means like Dvija, two births, like a bird has two births, first born from the mother inside the egg and then coming out of the egg. So the Brahmins are twice-born, getting the Upanaya, the sacred thread. Mahabharata was born in a Brahmin family. So this is the name of Mahabharata, Dvijamani, the jewel of the twice-born. So the jewel of the twice-born, Bhakhe Toba, on your chest, across your chest, Jalamala Sutra. A sutra, sutra means thread. And um, sutra, of course, also means uh, like concise words, like in the Brahma Sutras, which threads together the meaning of all the revealed scriptures. So that those who are able to do that, <laughs> they're Brahmins, they should wear that thread. Mahaprabhu wears such a thread, and it's very effulgent and bright and clean. The Brahmins should keep their threads very clean. Nishinga Maharaj always inspects his disciples' Brahman threads to see if they're really Brahmins. One of his uh, tests to see if they're keeping clean. So, Mahaprabhu was anyway thread effulgent, and at his door are his shoes and Paduka and Parai Dwari Ar and his umbrella. So, all of these things the thread of Mahaprabhu, the shoes of Mahaprabhu the umbrella of Mahaprabhu, they are all manifestations of Nityananda Prabhu. We understand from Chaitanya Charitamrita, there are five seed verses given by Krishna's Kaviras Goswami describing the glories of Nityananda Prabhu. Some devotees were telling me recently that they are very attracted to Balaram. They wanted to be his servants, but it's important for us to study who is Balaram and who is Balaram in relation to Krishna. And not that we just have some mental idea about I want to serve Balaram. But who is Ram and what is his position in relation to Krishna? We have to hear really the whole Leela and then we find out who is who and what it means to please Krishna. What's all going on in there for pleasing Krishna. And then in relation to that, we find our way in there. That what we think might be fun from our material vantage point. So we should learn about who is Nityananda Prabhu, who is Ram. In very nice verses given by Krishna Kaviraj Goswami, in which he explains the Nityananda Ram's expansion as Shesh into so many different forms for serving the Lord, such as those mentioned here.
So while it is a description of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, it is simultaneously describing not only the presence of Nityananda Bhuti, but the, we can draw from the spirit in which he's present, ready to do, to serve him in any way, as his shoes. It means from shoes to umbrella. It means from the soles of his feet to the cover of the top of his head. And wrapping around him, it's all the upper torso as a thread, comprehensively prepared to serve in every way. So, he is the Lord in a serving disposition. Prabhupada used to call Balaram Nityananda Prabhu, Supreme Personality of Godhead, Servitor. So he's God completely in the mood of a servant of the Lord. When we sing like this, we should think, what is the measure, extent to which Nityananda Prabhu is absorbed in thinking of serving and practically serving Chaitanya Mahaprabhu? Through Nityananda Prabhu, we can understand Mahaprabhu. Through Mahaprabhu, we can understand Radha Govinda. So he's not to be slighted in any way. In fact, any instance we find in which Nityananda Prabhu was slighted or misunderstood, Mahaprabhu was so quick to step in and explain to the devotees the actual position of Nityananda Prabhu. When he first came to Navadweep, he's described as an Abadut, so very difficult to understand this kind of person, not conforming to social norms wore his bhava on the outside often. So difficult to understand, but Mahaprabhu always went to great lengths to explain to the devotees what was his position. He may be behaving like this, which is socially unconventional and difficult to understand, but this is why. This is who he is. So we have to lay considerable uh, following the footsteps of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, emphasis on the position of Nityananda Prabhu and draw inspiration from him. What does I say? To what extent? He demonstrated service to Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Shukashari Vandanaye Nidrabhange Tomar. So, in the early morning, Mahaprabhu awakes to the sound of a parrot chanting, Krishna, Krishna. Here we explain male and female parrot. In Krishna, Leela Krishna has a parrot and Radha has a parrot. And Krishna's parrot is always singing the glories of Krishna and Radha's parrot always singing the glories of Radha. In fact, it's said that the parrot of Radha became Shuka. Shuka means parrot. Shukadev. Shukadev Goswami and spoke Srimad Bhagavatam. Krishna was hearing the parrot of Radha speak about her glories and he was so much, uh, or speak it by the glories of Krishna even from her vantage point and he was very much attracted to that. It is said during his Lila, so he sent that parrot to Badrik Ashram. There's a mention of this in, I think, um, one of Karvikarnapur's books. And that parrot was speaking Bhagavatam. And some persons became upset because uh, Bhagavatam is not something just to be parroted. <laughs> so they misunderstood the position of that parrot and chased that parrot all the way to Badrik Ashram, and there he flew into the uh, the mouth of, I believe, the wife of Vyas to get uh, shelter. She was wide-mouthed at uh, what her husband was to speak about something, and uh, in flew the parrot, and out came Sukadeva Goswami, 
as we know, the birth of Sukadeva was quite extraordinary. He stayed in the womb for quite a long time. So it is said that he came out, and so through him we can understand the real meaning of Srimad Bhagavatam. Sometimes we call it Radha Bhagavatam. It's talk about Krishna from the vantage point of Radha. This is what the Gaudi Vaishnavas have drawn from that. So such a crazy idea, then, such a madness that they have in terms of what they've drawn from the Bhagavatam. Other sampradayas will think we're mad. And so these stories go along with that. Sweet and charming as they are, they're a bit mad. Is that logically uh, airtight, is the question. So we don't have to be concerned about that. We're charmed by it enough to embrace the teachings of Mahaprabhu and apply them in our lives and get experience beyond logic and reasoning. So in Mahaprabhu's early morning, he was resting on the bed in the parrot speaking glories of Krishna and he wakes to that sound. So Sukrasari Vandanai Nidrabhange Tomar. And also in the Krishna Leela, of course, corresponding, Krishna is at this time in the morning in a forest with Radha. They've fallen asleep and the birds in the morning come to wake them. And then the Manjari attendants come and participate. They've got to get them up and get them home before the sun rises. Otherwise, they'll be in deep trouble. So, similarly, as the birds call and say, it's time to get up in Krishna Leela, so in Gaur Leela as well. So when we hear that rooster down the road, down there, you can hear that rooster sometimes. Okay. You should be transported into all of these thoughts. Anki mudi sajo pori so with his eyes closed, Mahaprabhu is sitting on the bed, just like you get up in the morning and you're awake, but you keep your eyes closed on the bed and your mind is roaming and thinking about so many things and, and you're a little reluctant to get up, you're still a little tired, but you're awake, but eyes are closed and thinking about so many things. So Mahaprabhu also is lying on the bed and his eyes are closed and he's been awakened by the parrots, but his mind is somewhere else. So where is his mind? We should think like that. So as we're singing and waking him for the Mongol Arctic, his mind, Radha Krishna Raho Lila Smari Veshe, is absorbed in remembering the secret Leelas of Radha and Krishna. Raso Raso Rati Keli Korite Udgar. And how they're in the forest bowers and awakening and thinking of the Rasa Leela the night before that they danced all night and they're exhausted after that dancing and falling asleep. They didn't plan to fall asleep. They planned to get home, but they fell asleep. And so he's thinking of all of these things. Jai Gorchandra, Lila Audarja Par, which we couldn't know without his magnanimous Leela. Nitai Bhai Chalya Sei, Tabe Shuklambar, Hasheshab Nanma Bhandu, Sri Vasa Sridhar. So Nitai, although he's there in the forms in which we mentioned, after Mahaprabhu is waking, then he's also coming to the house of Sachimatta. And along with him, others like Shuklambar, Srivas, Sridhar. Sridhar here doesn't mean our Sridhar Dev Goswami Marsh, but Mahaprabhu's friend, elderly, Sridhar, one Sakha in Krishna Leela, appearing as Sridhar, the gardener. He had a pumpkin garden. Mapa would go and steal pumpkins from him and bargain with him. He used to make uh, cups out of banana leaves and sell them. You can't get much for those. And the money that he would get from that he would use to worship the Ganga. Mahaprabhu was very fond of him. 
be one of Krishna's friends. So these kind of friends, Nitai and others also, but in, in Krishna Lila, these friends, they come and wake Krishna early in the morning. Subal is there with his group first to wake Lord Krishna. Balaram blows the bugle, buffalo horn, sounding everyone should rise. They've been dreaming all night about cow herding, and now the time has come. So off to Krishna's house to wake him, and, and so on. So that similarly, the associates of Nityananda Prabhu leads them. They're coming. So they're very happy, in a very happy mood, joking, and all is very much common amongst the cowherds, making funny sounds and uh, joking amongst one another. Dear friends, Naramabandhu, happily, they come with great joy to wake Mahaprabhu, and Sachimata comes, so Juhutte Tule Tomai Sachimatumar, so... She actually calls to him, come on, it's time to get up, it's late, you're sleeping, and so many things have to be done. And rise up from the bed. So he's already awake, but as I say, he hasn't gotten out of the bed yet. So Sachimata calls to him in this way, actually goes to the bedside to wake him. And Chaliasi Jata Bhadra Mahilar Gaon Karpur Bhati Jali Korin So then all the elderly ladies come, Malani Devi and Sita Thakurani, they all come at this time, and headed by Mother Sachi, they turn on, and really it means they turn on the lights. Arti means kind of like a turning on the light to dispel the darkness. So, Aratri, the like end of night. So the lamp is lit, and uh, there's no electricity there in Krishna Lila. <laughs> As Bhagavad Gita says, there's no need for electricity. And Prabhupada gave a very contemporary translation. What is that verse? Nathad bhashayate suryo nashashanko napavaka. No need for sun, moon, fire. Prabhupada said electricity there. Actually, in many of the temples in South India where the culture has been preserved more, they don't allow any electric lights before the deity. They only can see by the ghee lamp in the morning. who shows the lower part, the feet, and then the next part, rising up, all the limbs of the Lord are revealed with the light of the ghee lamp and the offering up from the heart of the devotees. So, this motherly sector, they perform this type of arati, just like when Krishna returns home in the evening and the sun is setting from cow herding, then Mother Rohini lights the lamp, an arati is performed, and she's inspecting his body to see if he got any scratches from being in the forest, and she finds some also. But they're actually from his love play with the gopis, but that's secret. Only a few friends know about that, and of course the gopis themselves. So this arctic is potentially very revealing. So many secrets, that lamplight. Arctic means the light, really. We add other things, other elements are there, and I wrote one article about the significance of those. At one point, uh, we published in Gaudiya Vedanta, but without the light, there's no Arctic. So it's a time of revealing, so we should pay attention during the Arctic. Much to be found out at that time. So Mother Sachi performs the Arctic with all the elderly ladies. Ashwadai Bhaktagan Arati Gaudara. So we're transported back here with this line to the, our lives as uh, sadhakas from the Leela standing before Gaur and Nityananda, and we exclaim, with great relish, great taste, all the devotees participate in that arctic. 
so we can think and visualize what's taking place in Krishna Lila. We are, we are having an opportunity in Gaur Lila to, to take part. Jai Gaur Chandra Lila Audar Jopar Nitai Tata Gadai Aar Adweta Charja Charibite Nari Aar Shab Bhakta Varja Gaur Madhya Muni Bhakta Mukta Muni Har. So after the Arctic is performed, Mahaprabhu is awakened, then all these associates come to surround him. They provide a seat and they gather around him. So, Nitai and Gadadhar, Advaita, all the wonderful devotees of Navadvip, his eternal associates, and they look as if like a necklace surrounding a valuable jewel, Gormani. The jewel of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu was surrounded by the pearl-like Muktamani. Mukta means pearl. Muktamani, necklace of devotees. And then, Vishnu Priyat Jivan Tumi Bhakta Pranadan Nisha Sheshe Kore Shab Mohima Kirtan Imana Kirtan Nirtya Nadeki Behar So, as I mentioned, there are different descriptions of this type of Leela and later descriptions from that of Vishnu Chakravati Thakur try to bring more, envision, I should say, more correspondence between the Rasa Leela of Krishna and Gaur Leela of Mahaprabhu. So they position Mahaprabhu at Srivasangam, having fallen asleep from the Kirtan all night long, by the side of Garadhar, they awaken him, and he goes back home again to the house of Vishnupriya. But Vishnu Chakravati Thakur has located him in his house. At the end of his description of the Nishantalila of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, he makes special mention of Vishnupriya Devi, and beautiful description of her. So Mother Sachi wakes Vishnupriya and says, "So oh, the Lord is up." You should rise and prepare because she has to go and bathe in the Ganga before everyone come back and prepare the cooking. Elderly ladies who have arrived, they'll also participate in the cooking, but Vishnu Priya's Devi is the main cook for Mahaprabhu. So we've made a mention of her in this song. Vishnu Priya Jivan, you are the life of Vishnu Priya and the uh, wealth and life of treasure of all the devotees. Nisha Sheshe Kori Shab Mohima Kirtan at the end of night. So this is kind of wrapping up the Leela. This is the end of Vishwanath Chakvati Thakur's description of the Nishanta Leela. To the end of the Leela, all the devotees are together. We all gather together and do Kirtan and again, Emon Kirtan Nuttanadeki Behar. Such Kirtan, such singing, such dancing, never been seen before. So extraordinary it is. Satyakuri Magiyami Shukamal Pran Tavapiti Bine Prabhu Natchahivo An. So this is the, then a prayer at the end, after the description of the Leela and participating in the Arctic of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Oh, we make a prayer that someday, one day, we can actually say in truth, that I can actually say Satyakuri Magi in truth, Shukamal Pran. Shukamal means like tender heart with a soft melting heart that I can actually say, that I want nothing, not chahibo, I don't want anything but love for you, Tavapriti. We may have so many other things that we're interested in, and we talk about wanting to love Krishna. We should pray that someday I will actually be able to say it truthfully. I only want love of Krishna, not anything else. So, Sevi Gaur Tananda Shri Guru Charan, serving Gaur and Nityananda and the lotus feet of Shri Guru, the parampara of Bhaktivinoda Puribar, the family of Bhaktivinoda, 
which Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur taught his disciples they should consider themselves in this way. Bhakti Vinod Puribar. In Bengal, everyone will ask you if you're a Gaudi Vaishnava, which is your Puribar, which means which eternal associate of Mahaprabhu is your lineage associated with? Is it Nityananda Puribar, Gadadhar Puribar, Advaita Puribar? Like this. So, Bhakti Vinod Thakur, he said, Bhakti Vinod Puribar, because Bhakti Vinod was considered like the seventh Goswami, six Goswamis, and what? And the work of Bhakti Vinod in modern times was like that of the Goswamis, analogous in many ways, so far-reaching. And so he taught his disciples to respond in this way: We are Bhakti Vinod Puribar. So serving the lotus feet of Guru and Gaura Nityananda, the Puribar of Bhakti Vinod Thakur. This is my life and soul. This is the meaning of this song. So. As I mentioned, it describes in brief the Nishantalila of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu and speaks about ourselves in relation to participating in the Aartik of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, which corresponds with that time and calls remembrance of that Nishantalila of Mahaprabhu in Goloka. <laughs> 